Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It was the most enlightening and curious question that I'd ever been asked in like my entire career of anxiety. My therapist asked me why I was maintaining these phobias. Hey guys, welcome back to Wild Till 9 and the second episode in a row with guests. <laughs> or guest, I should guest, say. Guest today. This guest Actually today. guests. Two guests today. One, our miniature bull terrier moose. And two, generally overwhelming depression. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not kidding, guys. I um, We have a bark. I have a bark heart behind me on my side. And I, I not only did I... I just minutes before we started recording, finished sobbing for the last 20 minutes. Um, but we have, we have a tissue box mm-hmm. um, um, on, on standby. Yeah, and it's not like we have like any like bad news to break to you or anything. In fact, you know, a lot of, the, I think actually the big issue is the last week, there are a lot of reasons to probably be happy and be excited and happy and, and things that are going well. It's just, there are a lot of things that suck in the world right now. You're making me cry. We haven't even started. <laughs> also, this is hangover cry. I want to be very clear. This is hangover cry. Not, and to clarify. Not to be confused with something that is currently happening. And you know what? It's sad, though, that I just I just retouched my foundation. And now everyone has to hear me snorkel and that my snuffs into the microphone at full volume. Well, I'm thinking maybe it's more like a, a going to be a really good thumbnail from you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Anyways. Sorry. Hi. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Wild Till Nine, the number one show in Latvia. Um, uh, should I share the good news? Sure. Yeah, what's the good news? Uh, I probably should have said this last week, but I forgot. But as of last week, which hasn't happened yet for you, sorry, time things, um, we just crossed 10 million listens. 10 million. 10 million people. That's, 10 million times this show has been listened to in 30 that, episodes. That is so many people. Yeah. That is so many people. I also just want to apologize if we have any new listeners who came from the Pretty Basic <laughs> podcast who have never listened to another episode. This this is going to be a banger. Don't get me wrong. They're they're all bangers. It's going to be a banger. But but if you're if you're here for the if you're here for the dicks, if you're here for the sex stories, um I would say 90% of the other podcasts are, are if you about that. just go that. up or down in the episode right. list, yes. it's probably, you, you can you probably will get find that. one. I don't you know what we're doing one. next week, but like, right. we'll probably talk about sex at some point. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, It'll be relationship uh-huh. focused relations. Yeah. I mean, and this, and this week's episode is relationship focused for sure. Just we are mentally deteriorating, but together. Right. At least <laughs> we ro- have each other. How romantic. I mean, like, there's no way in the world that we can be alone in the sense of like just feeling sad about so much yeah do you want to talk a little bit about yourself and what's going on this last week or do you want me oh god let's see how far i get okay um i had the worst week of my entire anxiety 
career, <laughs> my career in anxiety um, in this past week. And I was just saying this on my vlog is that like, it's so crazy when you feel like you've hit rock bottom and your anxiety or mental health can't get any worse. And then it does. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fucking plot twist. Here we go. It could get worse. And it did. Um, and I have been on a, a transition period for like probably the last six months yeah. of coming off of an SSRI after I found out that my brain has a genetic, genetic mutation that does not metabolize an SSRI properly. So I'm finding alternative anxiety related pharmaceuticals to help treat myself because I'm broken. And that's okay, and that's that's totally okay, but it's finding the right combination of medications. So there was a lot of withdrawal symptoms coming off the SSRI, because I'd been on it for nine years. And it's just been a journey. So I have, um, I now have so many medical professionals in my life. I have a psychiatrist who prescribes medication. And then I also have a cognitive behavioral therapist who in two sessions has made more progress with me than any other therapist that I've ever seen um, across this probably 10 year career of mine. Journey. Journey. Mm -hmm. I, a career, career is kind of fun. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to spin it in a little more positive light, but yeah, I, I have a lot of mental health professionals and I feel, I feel like, and, and not always, I don't always feel like this 20 minutes ago did not feel like this, but I feel like I'm on the precipice of finally being able to move in a more positive direction. And I feel like anyone with anxiety knows that like it's ebbs and flows. Like you're consistently on a roller coaster of being really good, really bad, having triggers and being, being fine. Um, so it's, it's, I just feel like I'm so close to identifying and understanding and being able to manage my anxiety in a different way that I've never found to be in reach before. Right. And, and that, that's when I feel good. That's when I feel good. When I feel like I can like crawl myself out of this like deep, dark hole. I'm so sorry. That's like a very depressing, like uh, imagery to chalk my anxiety up to, but that's what it feels like at its worst. It's just like a very heavy, dark weight that I feel like I can't carry sometimes. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I mean, knowing you the way that I do, you like to have an action plan on how to get to the end of something, whatever that something is. And I feel like you've been perpetually frustrated by just like how many setbacks there've been. Yeah. And it's sad to watch, it's hard to watch, but at the same time, there's also a lot going on in the world right now. And if you felt normal and happy about everything, Probably have. There's some probably something wrong with you. Psychopathic tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> oh you know? no, a tear fell down. Damn it! I thought I was gonna catch all of them, so my makeup would be so fucked up again. People on the like, they're like, <coughs> commute to work on a Tuesday, and it was uh, like, this is sad. this is so fucking depressing. This is sad. <laughs> oh god, god damn it. You okay? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I can feel a tear hanging off my nose. Also earlier, Moose is so funny. He's, um, it's not, I don't know if he actually knows when like I'm crying or not. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, he's almost like attracted to the sound of hyperventilating. <laughs> Cause that, that's what makes him um, come and sit on my chest basically, which is really, really cute. And like exactly what I need in the moment. And I like to think that he thinks he knows that I'm crying, but I, I, if we're being, if I'm being honest with myself, I am, um, I, I'm not confident in that, but it's very cute. I don't necessarily think he's got, <laughs> um, the mental wherewithal to know what's going on, but I will say, I think he 
uh, knows that when you smile, when he kind of starts licking your face, he keeps doing it. That's true. Yeah. So or or he likes the salt lick. The salty lick. Yeah. That is my that face. Too. <laughs> we'll just go with it. I was yeah. um I don't know I was listening to some podcast or watching some show or I, I don't know like a couple weeks ago and it was some comedian like actively roasting and making fun of Dixie D'Amelio for saying that she felt sad in her song. And like, I had the moment of like, yeah, you're right. She is crying from a mansion. That's ridiculous. And then I feel like I like woke up the other day and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be happy today either. I get that. And I think there's a thousand people who could look at whatever we have and go, you guys have nothing to complain about because it could be so much worse. Right. And they're correct. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, it seems like we're kind of like, everyone's just stuck in this world of like, is it going to get better? It's like, oh, it's going to get better. No, it's not. Okay, three more months. Okay, three more months. Right. Okay, three more months. Right. And it's like, man, that's just like not the way anyone was wired to live. Totally. I know. I feel like we're all just like somehow managing to uh, carry on in in our lives while like it, it's just so crazy to like think about what the norm has become on a daily basis right. and like how fucked it is. Like when you like, I, I mean, I saw an article that was like, okay, COVID has passed 500,000 deaths and like you don't even know how to process that number. You know what I mean? And it just, it, it flows through everything that you do and how you live your life. I mean, I think I, even more than that, it's like a half a million people. That's terrible. And counting. And counting, right. It's not like, even though we have a vaccine, which w- took forever to get out, I mean, and by forever, it's a scientific miracle that it was able to get done as fast as it did. But right. it's like, we now have the thing we were looking for, but we're still spending our entire existence in these four walls. Right, for sure. And I mean, I would say now is like the most light at the end of the tunnel in a COVID um, sense that I personally have ever felt. Um, My Nana, who is 87, just got vaccinated this week. And my mom and my aunt, who are her primary caregivers, also um, by association to protect my Nana, also got vaccinated. So it's like finally getting like a sense of a little bit of relief in the light at the end of the tunnel. A light at the end of the tunnel. A light at the end of the tunnel. At the tunnel. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, we still have so, so, so far to go before things like come back to normal. And I think that's what's frustrating too about like how much I'm struggling with my mental health is that like, I don't know how much of it is just like accelerated, not accelerated, but like- Exacerbated. Exacerbated by not seeing my family for over a year and like not being able to like socialize in the way that we used to and like- even just travel and like do things outside. It's like, you're just not built to just to, to live like this. I have the dumbest story that's couldn't be more true for me. Okay. You know what it is. It, uh, so uh, as a salesperson, I am obviously money motivated. Like that's like my like core, like close this deal, win this and you will get paid for it. Absolutely. And like, I've, it's not to say I'm not, not money motivated at this point, but like I fixed the landscape lighting today. <laughs> like went outside and rewired things and didn't electrocute myself. And like something about like physically seeing a thing that I approach and do and get fixed. So I could go back inside and go, I did that. It was right. like actually checking off something like off of like a, a to-do list felt like I had just closed a millions of dollars of deals right and i was like reaping the benefits of it because it like i actually felt accomplished like oh i can see my impact doing something it's like a in tangible the world. and that probably sounds so stupid to everybody else in the world but it's just like 
I can only send so many emails and for things to go well and get a, an introduction to this and all this mm-hmm. business shit or whatever that like is, is if five years ago you told me like any one of the things that I did in a week um, was it was a normal for me? I'd be like, I've made it. Absolutely. And right. I don't want to like discredit How any far of you've that. Come. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like uh, if you know whether or not a deal closes or not, then I'm still here. We're, we're still waiting yeah. to live the way that we want to live our lives. Right. And it's just really depressing sometimes. Uh, yeah, for sure. So one of the one of the anxiety talks that I had this week. Um, because there were multiple and, and it's, it's so crazy again, like this is just like my norm now, which I don't want to, I go back and forth between being like, oh, I just need to accept that this is my norm and it will get better. And then on the flip side, just being like, I will not make this my norm and I will proactively work against it. So it doesn't become my, my norm. And I don't know which side is, is healthier to be on. I go back and forth truly, but I I think like, again, tying these two things back together, like how we're living right now and my mental health struggles, we had dinner plans literally at someone's house, like nothing crazy, like not out in public where there's like crowds. Um, I mean, honestly, it would be hard to find a crowd. Actually, that's not true. You could probably fly to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. And find a crowd. Yeah. Miami. Yeah. Miami is just crowds. Um, but we were doing all the things that would typically check all my anxiety boxes to be like, this is safe. There is no threat. There is no reason to be anxious. Like we're driving our own car there. So I'm not thinking about like, oh, will I inconvenience someone or like uh, Uber driver being out of control? Like we were, it was all the things like in my head for my anxiety personally that like flagged it as safe. And when I tell you that we drove um, probably 30 minutes to get to our friend's house and I sat inside of the car outside of his house for 45 minutes, hyperventilating and shaking, teeth chattering, like uh, uh, near death. What felt like near death. Like it felt like I was just spiraling for, I mean, it would have been over an hour. Like it was one of the longest anxiety attacks that I've ever had. And it felt like there was no end. And same thing. It's just like, is that because my anxiety is, is getting worse because like my brain is getting worse or is my anxiety getting worse because I'm just not used to leaving our four walls and really doing anything. Like going to someone's house for dinner felt like such a big event in this, in like the grand scheme of things because we don't do anything. Right. And, and so it's, it's hard to know like how much those two things tie together. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're intertwined, but it's like, how much can you chalk it up to that? Or just like, it's scary to think that like, is my brain getting worse? Is my brain making me, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a mess. It's, it's very stressful up in my head. (laughs) I mean, you say that always, and I laugh with you and like, I, I see it the last few weeks. It's been tough. Yeah. And like, I don't think anyone has anywhere near the answers. And I'm sure the case studies that will come out of this period of time. Oh my will be God. Because it's not to say like we haven't had pandemics and you know, hundreds of you know, millions and millions of people have died in the past, of course, but like we didn't have it while we all had iPhones. Right. And we didn't have it when everything in the world has a ledger that's recorded and it's fucking very scary. It's so crazy to think about like pandemic babies who have never gone on a play date or anything. Right. And like, they, they've never even like interacted with germs outside of their household. Like I, I worry about the pandemic babies. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel, I mean, and every single time that I'm like, I feel like I'm sad or down on myself for whatever reason, I just think to myself and I'm like, I cannot imagine not having my uh, junior high 
friends just doing like riding our bikes going wherever just taking like wherever the day took me that's totally what I can't imagine not going to prom right I can't imagine not being a dumbass in college and making all the mistakes that I've talked about for the past 30 episodes <laughs> and you know whether it's getting out of my system or just having those experiences so, so I felt like you know that part of me was whole, like I I can't imagine and and I think the the opportunities that are going to be lost obviously are you know are really sad and hopefully we can you know, make up for lost time and everything's fine but it's just like there are people that are really having life-changing life-altering things happen every single day for sure continue to happen and we're just kind of all waiting for good news yeah it uh, sucks sorry we're being depressing right now i know i know but i i just feel like like we're all living in the same world though you know what i mean so it's not it, I, I don't know i just feel like i'm sure everyone goes through waves of feeling how we're feeling right now maybe not right now but maybe at a different time at some point because it's it's been over a year now so it's it's not something that i'm sure others haven't felt before and like i see the patterns of the people that you know say what they do for a living and it's like a lot of nurses that listen to this podcast, a lot of teachers that listen to this podcast, a lot of people in tech, a lot of a lot of, a lot of things that I don't think the way that they they did their job and the way that they learned how to do their job and the way that they were probably excited about doing their job in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think any elementary school teacher um, was prepared for a world where she wasn't able to connect with kids. I know. I mean, you see so many TikToks of like these incredible teachers, like singing their their teaching songs yeah. through through the like screen all and of like, my friends that went i mean i was an education major in music right. and like i there's imagine being a percussion major right now through the screen like what right. would you even do well like i mean uh, a buddy of mine nick johnson back in like uh university of kentucky shout out nick you know he uh is just kind of like hitting his stride as like someone who loves what he does and and loves to connect with kids and teach and everything and like I see like his like close friends on Instagram and snap of just like well and there's another lesson plan that like I hope resonated with people right and it's like it's as bad for the kids as it is the teachers oh absolutely yeah you know? it's hard for everyone I just I don't know what I mean I think we we see how bad anxiety and depression and people's just general lack of of people's general lack of being able to be themselves in this weird changing world and yeah. I and that's now can you imagine what's going to be in four or five years when this has happened for god knows how long and it's introduced more issues into everyone it's really scary I mean fuck I think about it all the time because like I'm not someone who's ever struggled with depression right. until until this past year until 2020 and again it's the same thing like is it because of the pandemic is it because of my mental health is it because of a combination of the two which is probably the most likely and like taking that forward, like, is that something that I will carry with me for the rest of my life? Like, I don't yeah. know. And it's fucking scary to think about that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think a lot of it was to coming off of the SSRIs um, because I was on such a high dose again, because like I wasn't metabolizing it properly. Um, so I was just like running through such a crazy amount of um, Celexas what I was on and then Zoloft. But like, I have, I have post cry brain fog right now. <laughs> And I'm losing my trains of thought. Um, That's multiple trains. Oh, I got it. My trains of, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like there are many trains coming and leaving from the station and none of them are good trains. They're all like, broken. No, I get it. they're all broken trains. Yeah. Um, no, what I was going to say is, is that my brain was going through chemical, like imbalanced gymnastics at the very beginning. And again, like there are so many factors contributing to like, the mental breakdown that is my brain the last year. And again, like, I don't know if it's just continuing to get worse and worse and worse because we're in this pandemic for longer and longer and longer. 
I I can tell it it work in the way that I communicate with people. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird because there are more touch points with people than ever because everyone's home and can take technically eight, nine, ten calls a day. And right. There's more touch points and they become m- less and less meaningful as the month goes on. Right. And like I've the amount of times I feel like I'm I'm if I'll write a if I'll put a lot of thought or, or work into uh, an email or a call or a meeting or whatever kind of thing, it's almost like a, I get done with it and I could have just been like said the bare minimum and people would have been just fine with that now. And it's very odd and it's very strange. And I think it's people just feel like they need to like be a thing that they know they're supposed to be. Right. But no one is happy doing it. Right, right, right. We were just having this conversation earlier too, is that like, I feel like my usage, oh, we got a bubbies coming up on the couchy. We got a bubbies on the couchy. Oh, you're going to overheat with that blanket. Oh God, here we go. Wow. The video, the video watchers are in for a treat. Um, audio listeners, you should mark this timestamp right now, just so you can, even if you don't watch the video portion, you should um, screenshot this timestamp so you can see bubbies right now in his, um, in his little blanket burrito on Jeremy's lap right now. It's very cute. Um, Oh no, more train left the station. I don't know where it's going. Oh, social media. I am spending an unhealthy amount of time on social media because again, like there's just more home time. Like I think about if I were to go spend um, a day with friends doing something, you know, you check your phone when you leave and you check your phone like, you know, a few times just to make sure like nothing crazy happened while you're gone. And then you check your phone when you come home like eight hours later. But now it's like, I've been working from home on the computer for eight hours a day and so much of my job is already on my phone on the computer. Like I'm constantly talking to like three people at all times. Yep. And like uh, that it's just, it's just draining. I'm on social media too much checking what like other people are doing. And I think, I think it's, I mean, this is a deeper conversation about like social media painting a picture of like what uh, this dream life looks like. And I mean, like I can be guilty of that as well. Like, I, I mean, I've just, you know, started just taking photos of my outfits in the house. Cause that's like the best that I can do. But same, like, I'm still posting photos that like look happy and put together, but like uh, on the real side, I will take five outfit photos in one day so that I can have quote unquote content. But it's just like, it's just like, I don't know. So much social media is just such an illusion. And I think even as someone who creates social media, it is detrimental to my mental health as being a viewer and a consumer of um, every every platform, to be honest. I, I moved Twitter to uh, like off my homepage onto the second swipe of the homepage. And it was the best fucking thing that I ever did for my mental health. I mean, uh, it's odd. And I feel it's like very meta to speak to this, but it's like looking at the comments and the interaction and the engagement of what goes on with the podcast, what goes on with your vlogs, what goes on with the main channel and everything. It's shocking to see the numbers slightly decline. Right. And the average like view, like the amount of times people check in, the amount of like content they're willing to consume yeah. skyrocket. And the, the, the comments and the messages that I'm getting, 99.9% so nice. Yeah overwhelmingly positive. I totally agree. I think, I think in the same way that like we are, cause we have our favorite podcast that we listen to religiously. Everyone's just turning to online to like find a break from whatever the mundaneness of their day is. 
Um, and if you're choosing us, so sorry that this is a depressing as fuck podcast no, today. They're, they're hanging out with us for <laughs> real. Hanging, no, no, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but I, I think, especially too, like I've, I've spent like the last year, not like rebranding, but just becoming a more authentic self online. And obviously that's not going to sit well with every old person who was, you know, rocking with my content in 2016. Like they're not going to be down with it, which is totally fine. And so my ego has had to learn how to like look at no lower numbers and be okay with it. But on the flip side of that, I feel like the community that we've cultivated just between like having older viewers on like my vlog channel and main channel. And then also obviously the podcast channel has been like a massive, um, turning point, I think, for being able to connect with people that are our age and go through similar stuff and can relate to a lot of things that we talk about. Fucking again, this post, that was, that right? Was, that I was, was so close. No, that was so a, close. That was a good point. I mean, I, <laughs> might, might I, I hop in, tag me in? Yeah, go tagged in. Jeremy, no, go it, ahead. It's like, when you think about the numbers, it's just like, and not, not think about the numbers, but just uh, 10 million people have listened to us rant and rave about, you know, dumb things, but just like whatever's happened. And it's, it's interesting because I, I see the same 100, 200, 300, you know, up to probably 1,000 or 2,000 people interact with it and say something and, like, add their their input and their piece. And it's like the the common denominator is always I enjoy hanging out. I, I enjoy watching you because I feel like I'm hanging out with you. Right. And I hope that if there's one thing that we can well, – I mean, I hope we can figure it out. But, like, I hope that there's one thing that we can learn and get better at, at as well is, like, really – kicking the curb to the aspirational bullshit. And if there's something aspirational about us or what we talk about or what we do, cool. But I'd rather people feel comfortable oh, yeah. and hang out with us yeah. for an hour a week for however long we do this. For sure. Over any other vanity metric of views or everything else that's just honestly bullshit. Yeah, 100%. Wow. This is a... <laughs> On a lighter note, actually on a worse note. Okay, go go bad and then go good. What, well, what you got? Not sure. Okay. I have um, an important announcement to make. Okay, go go ahead. Lauren embezzled money out of oh, the Wild Tonight account last night. Oh my God, I, I straight up stole money out of the podcast account. Good news, there was money to steal. There was money to steal. There was, honestly. My mom was so funny. We were on FaceTime today and um, she was like, she's like, I, I know that you guys joke about not making money, but are you actually not making money? And I was like, there, like, the answer is the answer okay. is. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Let's be fair. We revenue does not equal profit. Revenue does not equal business profit. business majors out there. Okay. Yeah. And the problem is you're expensive to work with. You're expensive to work with. We're expensive in our own ways, but I will say, you know, <laughs> getting a business off the ground with your ass, and I've complained yes. about this before, and yes. I'll complain about it again. Go ahead. It's just more expensive. Yeah, it's it it's is. expensive trademark lawyers, yep. it's expensive business admin. So it's just like you know, realistically, after everything is taken a cut and everything, there's just we gotta like make a lot of money before we make any money. Make any money, yeah, hundred percent. And then in Jeremy's side of being expensive. We have the best of 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 every piece of equipment you could ever have. Oh, really? And and so so when you when you can see my red nose, puffy eyes, and where the foundation has gone off of where tears have rolled down my cheeks, you can thank these expensive ass cameras um, for that for that high quality content that we are bringing to you right now. I think it's important to put your best foot forward online. There's a lot of bullshit content out there. I would love if I was a little bit out of a focus just for this podcast. It'd be okay. Fine. It'd be okay. But yeah, I should- Lauren pulled 10 grand out of our account. $10,000. $10,000 at about one in the morning. 
Okay, <laughs> let me let me explain. God, you just put me on blast like that. Yeah, I straight up stole money. I straight up stole money. And by the way, only reason we have ten grand is you. Thank you. And the people that are like here from like like the pretty basic episode, and it's like their second episode, they're like. This is fucking weird. This is weird. Like, I'm like not interested <laughs> in that kind of thing. Okay, so what so what happened was What happened was well, so what that happened was mm-hmm. is um I was um mm. I I have invested in some cryptocurrency in the past and um due to recent events with NFTs and Blau and Logan Paul and I sound like the biggest fucking right now and wow. I am aware. And real quick, that was she talked about joining Reddit this week and now she's talking about NFTs. NFTs. Yeah. yeah. People are like Am I on the right podcast? No, I don't know. It, I, I, I don't even want to get into it. Anyway, go back to what you're saying, Craft Girl. Anyway, see, Craft Girl invests is yeah. what this podcast should be called. Uh-huh. Um, no, so, Craft Girl depressed is what craft, this is going to be called. Craft Girl cries. Yeah. Craft Girl depressed. Craft Girl spiral. <laughs> um, so I, I after in light of all these recent events, I <laughs> wanted to buy more um, Ethereum because NFTs are bought with ETH. Is that right? Yeah, Ethereum. Yeah, Ethereum, but it's ETA, isn't ETH? It's one. That's like, that's like no. saying like a bit or. Oh, okay. Cash. So it's just Ethereum. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, I want to buy more Ethereum. And um, on these apps with Coinbase and Robinhood, and why are you looking at me like no, that? No, this is great. I continue. Oh my God. And also, I just want to be very clear this is not investment advice. And I did this at one in the morning, and my you business know, managers are probably not going to be very happy with me when they get the email that I will send tomorrow to say that I stole money out of my other account. Our account. Oh, Our go. account. <laughs> there it is. So what? What? The, so what happened was uh-huh, uh-huh. what happened was uh-huh. my bank accounts are all linked. So I've got my personal my corporate account and our joint account for the podcast. Okay. And for whatever reason- we, Didn't we just say we wanted to be relatable and you're like, I've got this account, this account, this account, this account. No, it's like, it's having like a checking and a savings account. No, yeah, I'm kidding. It's Yeah, I got my business- I'm being facetious. I'm just my, giving you a hard time. You finally perked up and stopped crying so I can make fun of you a little bit. What's a pot? <laughs> <laughs> Continue. So the business, the personal, and the podcast account. And for for whatever reason on Coinbase, when I logged into my bank account, it only gave me the option to take from the podcast account. And <laughs> How convenient. And how convenient. Mm-hmm. And because I think uh, in the next coming days, I think Ethereum is going to, what what, what do the, the people say? To the moon? Is that what it is? Sure. Sure. To the moon. <laughs> if you could just look in the camera and say, stocks only go up. Stocks only go up. Okay, that was weak. Continue. Anyway, anyway, I felt last night that it was absolutely necessary that I buy Ethereum at 1 a.m. on a Saturday night. Uh-huh. And I, um, because uh, the, here, to get to get my bank account set up properly, it's going to be, it's going to be like six phone calls, four emails, and probably two weeks with my business managers. I, I couldn't do what you do. It's, it's very frustrating. Basically, I, I have a team of people who help manage my money and help, um, pay people properly and help document um, expenses and revenue and profit and all So you can pay things. for this expensive equipment and your expensive trademarks yes. and everything else. Yes, yeah. yes. And they, they ensure that everything is done legally and the proper way. And if it was me, I would probably owe um, the government uh, bajillions of dollars. I would do it improperly. I think you would just like, unbeknownst to you, just be uh, committing white collar crime that you didn't absolutely. even know about. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, it's just like in the same way that you hire an editor when they can do something better than you, you mm-hmm. hire money people because they can do it better than you. I'd like to point out that I've done my taxes ever up until this year. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna, this year I'm giving up. But there's just, there's, it's, it's like having an editor. It's like at some point you just have to give it up. 
unless TurboTax would like to sponsor us. Then we're back on TurboTax, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I only had access to the podcast account and I was just like, Shoop! and then I'll email them and tell them, be like, hey, so there's so, so Logan Paul made this NFT of a Pokemon card and then it made a lot of money. And so I think, I think like maybe, I don't know. And so anyway, they need to transfer my money into our money's mm -hmm. account and I, I i did i did in fact steal ten thousand dollars this weekend <laughs> to buy some ethereum <laughs> to buy some ethereum again this is not investment advice i know oh, literally nothing uh, one shout out um snacks podcast uh who actually have to give a disclaimer at the end of it because that's what it, i was thinking of well the thing is i think people could listen to that and they could be confused yeah. and maybe take that as advice yeah. i don't believe that anyone listening to this podcast goes what are they putting their money into? I should do the same. Yeah, don't. Do not. If there was if there was a single, single You know what? We're selling ourselves short. I'm about to change one of our categories to business. You know what? Ethereum's a good idea. We both believe in it. If you want to buy it, you should too. But not because we did it and not because we told you. <laughs> I was like, where is this going? Or how are you want to turn this around? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was a uh one AM purchase that I made last night and mm -hmm. I now owe Jeremy um ten thousand dollars into our joint account. Yeah. Um, what's I, the NFT craze is insane to me. The amount of like people that I do, I mean, um, people, people like you right. who are asking and talking, like I'm, I'm hearing voice notes being shared in the other room about. I've had, I, so I, I've have like three private investments in some tech startups and stuff. And the amount of people who have come to me thinking that I know a thing about NFTs is I, I think honestly a compliment, but sure. I, I I don't know anything. I know nothing. I mean, and I uh, I already know right now that Stephanie and, and my HR is gonna like freak out when I say that what's about to come out of my mouth. Stephanie, I'm not leaving my job. I swear, I promise. But I have had three, three out of the blue sizable job offers to work in NFT this week. Really? Yes. I mean, sizable. Huh. Stephanie in HR? I'm not leaving. Stop. I don't do that. God, every time, every time yeah, I say every time I say anything, every time I say anything. <laughs> Stephanie and a raise could this would be a good time for a raise. Well that that it, it, <laughs> poor anyway. Stephanie, just like sweating at home this listening to the podcast. This is not how you negotiate for a raise. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's I don't. So if you're a, a well, big man of teas, get down there. Fungible token. Fungible? Yes. Fungible. Yes. What the fuck is a fungible? Uh. It sounds like fungus. No, so fungible yeah. is like a physical thing. So, um, like, like a, tangible. Like, yeah, like a I, like a dollar is fungible. F how do you spell that? F u n g i b l e, I believe. Fungible. So non-fungible token. Token. And token like exchange. Like think yeah, like yeah. would you would put a um a little token into like an arcade game? Okay, I'm not I'm not 16. I know what a token is. We have listeners that are international, Lauren. I guess. Hi, Latvia. I, I feel like it's literally only the Gen Z who'd be like, what's a token? Because they, they would never go to like an arcade to like put well, a token in or something. Well, are dead now. Yeah, that's a germ cesspool right anyway, there. Anyway, point COVID. is, I, I, I think it's a very interesting world. I've, I've, I've been very interested in it for years and I am fucking just so oddly interested in the fact that you've now shown an interest in the last two weeks and I'm excited. And I'm not taking any of the offers, Stephanie. I'm staying at my job. <laughs> God. This podcast has been, I think, like a, um, uh, it's, it hasn't been, like, my job very much supports this podcast. It I really does. They, yeah. really, they really do. Yeah. But it's always interesting when, like, my clients at major media companies will start a conversation of, like, so I saw the last episode of your podcast. Ooh. And I was like, what? Yeah. Horse like, tranquilizers, huh? 
the nineties were a good time. Yeah. Uh-huh. You would have enjoyed it. And I'm like, okay. you too? Okay, good. Okay. We'll just fast forward to there then. I love that for you. I feel like that, you know what though? That's the one, that's the one great thing about being on the internet is that like, and this, this can absolutely work against you as well. But like it, for me, because I feel like I'm so similar in real life as I am on like online life. Right. When someone meets you and they have like a preconceived notion of like who you are and I have no guilt there because like it really is who I am. I'm like, fuck, you already know what the fuck I'm about. Like you already, okay, sir, sir, will you stop punching the new, microphone? We got these new expensive mic arms. And right. And so Jesus Christ, stop it, Jeremy. Oh my God. Also, Moose is adorable right now. He's full out of sleep. Continue. Continue. Um, uh, oh, po- post God. cry brain frog. Post brain frog. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, not that I want to like you know uh, incentivize people to be sad by any means, but I would really appreciate if you know someone shares this sentiment. I don't care what social platform you on or would you engage on. Like, feel free to let us know if we're not alone here. I take comfort in knowing that people, um. Relate. Are also sad. No, just relate to whatever it is that we're going through. I, I'd like I, to feel- I've said this a thousand times. Uh, there is nothing that makes you feel less alone, especially like on an anxiety front. Like when I've talked about like um, emetophobia and just like anxiety in general. Like it is, it is so comforting to know that, like although you feel so like dark and heavy and hopeless sometimes, that you are not alone in that feeling. Even though you might be spiraling, you know, personally alone. So it, it might be a solo spiral. It is comforting to know that someone else out in the world is also having that solo spiral um, experience. Well, I think like, especially before the internet, right? And I don't know what would have happened if like this happened before the internet, but like, I feel like everyone felt like they lived in a vacuum. Right. And especially when you have parents that are very much like, if we don't acknowledge it, it didn't, it doesn't exist. Totally. Just go, it's a phase. Yeah. And like, I understand the intention of wanting whatever it is to just pass, but sometimes I don't think you can let things pass until you acknowledge that they're a thing that you can actively overcome as opposed to something that you just assume will just drift away as if it never existed. Shit does not just drift away. Nothing fixes itself magically overnight. I mean, even on a more like recent example, like we went to go record the podcast at 8 p.m. And I felt like I was on the verge of tears just at every, every breath out could have been a sob. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, in like those moments where maybe, maybe you don't relate to this that much. I feel like you don't cry that often. Actually, the last time Jeremy cried was in Men in Black 3. And that's kind of been like the last of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fucking epic ending. Yeah, I won't spoil it for you, but Men in Black 3, real tearjerker. At any point in time, I'm spoiling the finale of Men in Black 3. Uh-huh. You haven't done something correct. So if you haven't watched Men in Black 3, watch uh, one and two One first. and two, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, circle back. Um. Anyway, I was like, it was when you have the lump in your throat and your, your eyes are starting to well, your nose, you can feel it's preemptively getting stuffy because you know you're about to sob. Like, and there was just no world where we were going to be able to, I was going to get through a single sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, I needed, I needed to cry. Like it needed to, uh, same thing. You just can't like, it's not just going to go away. Uh-huh. Like sometimes you just don't want to be happy. Well, Fucking Dixie preach it. Like I know that like people really, really gave her heat for like making such like a quote unquote surface level, like title and song. But like, fuck man, sometimes you just like. Oh, I literally was thinking to myself there, like I was, I was joining in the, yeah, why, why she, why would she, I guess I was more along the lines of like, why would she release that like, that's song? That's not deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm sitting here thinking to myself, we just talked about how we pulled 10 grand out of the thing that we don't make money on mm-hmm. last night out of the blue or whatever. And we're complaining about we're being sad, but you know what? That's how we feel. And right. hopefully of the 300,000 people that listen to this thing every week, there's some people that can relate to that. A hundred percent. And that's okay. 
okay. And I mean, here's the thing too, is that like everyone has, you know, a positive and like bright moments like in their life. You know what I mean? Like we have, again, we're so lucky to be like very financially stable and we have um, Moose who is panting on the small couchy right now, probably because he has to go potty, but we are so blessed to have such a fucking awkward little dog that we love so much, but it, it doesn't mean that the bad doesn't feel bad. I'm just lucky to have you. That was so nice. Genuinely, Jeremy has been the fucking rock of my week this week. Oh my God. And also to like it, having having a partner who accepts and understands and supports um, mental health is incredible. If you're if you struggle with that and your partner does not does not um, cannot be there and is not willing to learn how to be there for you, you need to find someone else. I don't care. I don't care how great they are with other things. Like if that is something that is a big part of your life and that your partner can't can't be there for you in the way that you need them to be, it just absolutely is, it, it's, it's meaningless. But I'd like to point out that for the majority of my life, I would have been the first person in line to say, just get over it. Right. Like this is not something that... I learned as a kid and, and, and totally personified. Like, uh, I don't think that I took mental health, anybody else's or my own serious up until four, three, four, five years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think so many people are, are, are taught to look at what's, you know, what they want and stop at nothing to get it and just work, 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 work. And if you can just work harder than the person to the left and right of you. And once you get there, then you can um, enjoy it. And it's like, that is total horseshit. Yeah. And also, I just don't think that we as a society have figured out how to value people's hard work mm -hmm. along the way in a sustainable fashion. Right. And it's equally sad. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't have a support group person, whatever, yeah. to help you through that stuff, like, that's what you should be working on. Oh my God. I genuinely like, I, I'm so lucky. Like, although I am in a deep, dark, heavy spiral, like currently, like having my parents and having you and having some like very key friends who understand mental health and anxiety, or even just, a, even just some friends who are, are, are like, not to say their purpose is to like only serve entertainment, but like friends that are, are people that you can go to like laugh about light things. Like, I yeah. think that's necessary as well too. Well, I mean, the re we said one of the first things we started this podcast is like, we want to, we don't want to talk about like current events or pop or be news or whatever. We just want to like stay away from that. And to a degree, it's just like, well, sometimes you just got to talk about what's currently going on in your life. Right. And this is, this is overwhelmingly been our entire, our entire week and month. Well, for me, six months, I don't know. Not entirely sure. Um, it's been an arc. It's been, uh, it's been a journey. It's been, uh, it's been, an it's been, uh, I, you know what I feel like? I feel like when you, um, do the first drop of a roller coaster and you're going the fastest and the hardest at the very bottom of the drop. I feel like I'm there, but I feel, I feel like I'm about to go up a, a little, you know, like when you, you hit the bottom real fast and it kind of propels you mm -hmm. up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe this is a real bad mindset to be in, but I feel like I'm, um, again, like I just feel like I'm at the precipice of being so close to having a better grip on all of this. Actually, we talked about this earlier, um, like just Jeremy and I before the podcast, I, it, it's so crazy to me. And like, I don't want to go too in depth to this, but like, it is so fucking expensive to get therapy. Oh yeah, It is so expensive. 
And again, I'm so lucky to be able to be able to be in a financial position where I can afford like two separate mental health professionals, like as a psychiatrist and someone like on a weekly basis to like help me work through my issues. And so not to be like, oh, I want to live stream my therapy class, like for everyone, my therapy session. But something that my therapist said to me this past week that flicked on a light bulb that I have never thought of in the last 10 years of like having severe anxiety and meeting with, I don't know, 10 health, like 10 professionals. Like I've seen you, you've, you've met 10 this month, more than that. I mean, I've, I've worked with so many different therapists and my therapist asked me why I was maintaining these phobias. So for me, like my main phobia is throwing up and it's not even the actual action of throwing up. Like I've thrown up before, like from food poisoning and like, I don't actually care about throwing up. It's the loss of control that goes along with it and the anticipatory anxiety before it. It's not actually the throwing up. So it's the phobia of the anticipatory anxiety. If we're like getting very specific, I know, I know many, many years and many dollars spent to get here to uh, really pinpoint what fucks me up. So he asked me why I'm maintaining these, this, this phobia. And he was like, there's no right or wrong answer. I I feel like you're leaving out one thing that at least resonated with me. He said that after he acknowledged the fact that you are so good at defining logical and not logical right like the bad you're good at at being able to kind of like put those in a box of like that actually doesn't make sense yeah for sure no i i am i am so self-aware which i i think painfully so sometimes painfully right it it has its pros it has its pros and cons for sure but i think I've always found strength in education when I learn something about myself and how how things work and like why it works like that. Right. I've spent so many years learning why I think the way I do and how I got here and how to manage it and best move forward. And so I think having a good grasp on that probably saved me hundreds of dollars um, by like skipping those therapy sessions of like already being at this point. And so like the question that he asked me again on our second session was, why are you maintaining this phobia? He's like, you obviously have such like a, a thorough understanding of everything that's going on and like the whole picture of the grand scheme of things. Why are you maintaining it? And it, 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 was, it was the most, it was the most enlightening and curious question that I'd ever been asked in like my entire career of anxiety. And it, it took me a few minutes, but I think it all again, just comes down to control. Like I feel I have this little checklist of things that I do. This is going to be real meta. So, so hold on tight. I have this little checklist of things that I do to feel in control of my phobia, which is the loss of control. So in controlling these little, this little checklist, it makes me feel like, again, I have this small piece of control in this fight. And in that I am maintaining the phobia. So it, it's, it's a whole backwards thing of if I let go of this little checklist that I feel like I'm controlling, it's the first step towards letting go of the phobia itself at the very end of like this whole, I don't know, like line of things. I mean, and from the outsider's perspective, like Lauren, and there's simple things. It's like always having something to drink and having something to settle her stomach and this and that, all these things. And, and she won't leave the house without it. I mean, like there's just right. no world. I remember one time I needed like, I asked her to put something in her purse and it was very small and this and that. And she looked at me with this look of just like, there's no room <laughs> for that. And I was like, okay. And it's because there, 
the checklist of things needs yeah. to be in the purse. And if it's yeah. not in the purse, we're not leaving the house. Right. Well, because I, I feel I feel safe and I feel in control when I have that little checklist of things. Totally. And to anybody else, it seems stupid. And to you, it's the most important thing in the world. Therefore, 100%. it's the most important thing in your world. Right. hundred percent. And it, it's like what it's what keeps me functioning or right. like what what I think keeps me functioning. Obviously, like when I think about the reality of like what keeps me functioning, it has nothing to do with having Tums and having Pepto and having water with me. Like I am a I am fucking made of what 80% water like and I'm hydrated I don't need that water with me at all times but it's the it's the idea of having this this small piece of control and I'm maintaining the phobia at the end of all of this because I can't let go of that little checklist but I mean I think that is so indicative of the way that so many people live their lives either um either hyper-focused on all the things that they can control and just like working around the clock to, to just like continue to like hold on to that or completely ignoring it and, and not even thinking about it until totally. it, you know, runs them over because they, they put it off for so long. Right. And I think there's obviously a lot of much healthier gray area in the middle of those two. For sure. But I think it's everyone's like struggle and balance to figure out how it is they can get to the middle point without, you know, causing harm to others and themselves and self-destructing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, so I identified, you know, why I am holding on to that phobia. And so letting go of that is going to be another, another question and uh, journey. And we'll keep you updated on that, but it was super interesting. And so I don't know if that applies to anyone. You can ask yourself that question again, maybe here's a little free piece of my therapy that you can use as your therapy. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, what that, that shit had me thinking for days afterwards. No, I mean, therapy is expensive. And not only is therapy expensive, it's a, a luxury in time in having someone that you can speak to, having parents that understand and respect it, Mm -hmm. having friends, having like all of it. It's, there's so many moving parts to it. And at the end of the day, I think we're getting better about creating new options, but I think we are, as far as like the advancement in so many other parts of our society, we're pretty archaic as far as being able to actually help what's going on between our ears. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think I think you said it right. Like, we are the closest and the best that we've ever been, but there's still so far to go. Yeah. There's still so, 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 so far to go. Um, I don't think that there's um, any other better way to send people off than saying feel free to uh, use whatever platform that you're listening to this on as, as your community. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully there's somebody else that can reach out to. And I uh, urge people to continue to be as positive as they have been in the comments to us as well. But I would prefer you be mean to us and be nice to other people in the comments. For sure. Um, Lauren's, uh, I can tell uh, outside of all the things she's dealing with, is also trying to come up with uh, some form of uh, hybrid Reddit, Pinterest, everything else to be able to talk about her her things. So, you know, maybe next week, maybe next week she'll be talking about the social media app she's going to be launching to fix all these <laughs> issues. I will say, like, just watching Lauren's brain work and, like, going to get information constantly and then going, that's too much information and then going to get more and too much. And this like constant balance is like, you stress me out. I stress me out. I, absolutely. But as the person who is supposed to be a rock right now, I'm uh-huh. like, okay, that, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's fine too. Okay. Got it. But it's a journey. It's, it's a journey. Fortunately, we're on together. That was so nice and so cheesy. I loved every moment of it. I love you. I love you. We will be back with your regularly scheduled dick appointment next week. Oh yeah, I love I love our um um our dick appointments. So nice. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go now. Bye. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>